Within this basic contrast between Europe and America, Muslim communities have different characters in different contexts. I asked Ron Jeeves and Dr Phil Lewis, interfaith advisor to the Bishop of Bradford, to outline the contours of the Muslim landscape in Britain. The origins of the Muslim community in Britain are predominantly from the subcontinent. So in terms of the main players um, coming out of India, we're still talking about the Barelvis, who in a sense represent a 19th century attempt to counteract criticism of traditional Sufi-based Islam in the Indian subcontinent, the Diabandis, who would rank foremost amongst the critics of the Barelvis, and who attempted in the early 19th century, in a sense, to resist what they saw as a kind of the marginalisation of Islam after the conquest by the British through education of what they saw as being a pure Islam stripped of cultural accretion. So they're the two, what I would call, 19th century movements. And then you have a number of 20th century movements that have been influenced in some way by uh, Malauna Maududi and Jamaati Islami, which, which brings Islam much more into the political arena than either the Diabandis or the, the Brelvis. Let me give you three very different places. Brent in London... Leicester in the Midlands and, say, Bradford in the north. If we were talking about Brent, we're talking about Muslims from well over 30 ethnic minority communities, ethnic communities, 30 languages. The common language has to be English. That has generated within Brent an energy and a dynamism which itself has created some very worthwhile institutions, an Islamic Human Rights Commission, one of the first... Islamic magazines, Q News, a Muslim school, which is well-respected. If we go further north to Leicester, again, you don't have that same ethnic diversity, but you have Muslims, the majority of Muslim communities came from East Africa. They were East African Gujaratis, and they're often referred to as twice migrants. They'd made that transition from India into a very non-Muslim space in East Africa. And with Africanization, when they were expelled in the 60s, they found, if you like, living in Leicester quite easy. They had English, they had professional commercial skills. They were able to make that transition very easily and have made a, a considerable economic contribution to the city. And also they were very much at ease with Hindus and Sikhs from East Africa as well, common language, common experience. If we go to, say, our northern cities... The Muslim experience there is much less ethnically diverse. Most of our communities haven't come from East Africa or don't have the ethnic diversity of Brent, but the biggest communities have come from rural Kashmir. So in the jargon, the cultural capital they brought with them didn't transfer readily to an industrial city. And also the macroeconomic situation in our northern cities, which have seen the collapse of, if you like, the industries which attracted the migrant labour in the first place. Textiles, for instance, in Bradford, losing 80% of the jobs, 60,000 jobs. And what you found was many of those employed in textiles were almost unemployable. They didn't have the linguistic, social, cultural skills when textiles collapsed. And then secondly, their sons, not so much their daughters, but their sons also have not done well in education, many of them. So you've always got a young Pakistani underclass, to use this shorthand, in our inner cities. And, of course, that means you don't interact in the job market because you don't have jobs. Your educational qualifications are not very good. That translates into levels of frustration, antisocial behaviour. These don't have much to do with Islam per se, but wider society sees it as Islamic in some sense. <laughs> 